this episode. And so, Sean, have you got a story that people can stick in their story bank this week? Absolutely. I, I think people will enjoy this one. You can stand up and do an Elvis impersonation. People weren't interested in it. Here I come to save the day. There'd be silence. More than that, more than not. Oh yeah, a couple of times people start to get the funny of it, but and it's then they're, yeah, they're going, oh, but it's funny. It's funny, weird, right? It's not like he ever did a really great Elvis impersonation, but it was the contrast. Very well. Uh, I, I think know, yeah, but... you found a calling, mate. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan, and hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And so, Sean, have you got a story that people can stick in their story bank this week? Absolutely. I, I think people will enjoy this one. So you might know the performer, the entertainer, Andy Kaufman, right? He was popular in the 70s and 80s, very quirky sort of guy. Uh, he was kind of like the Sasha Baron Cohen of his day, doing weird sort of performance artist type stuff. Uh I guess he became more prominent when he it was part of a, a TV sitcom called Taxi, right? But anyway, Andy really loved doing Elvis impersonations. He'd been doing Elvis impersonations since he was a little kid. And he got pretty good at doing it. And so when he became an entertainer, he would stand up and that would be one of his acts. He would stand up and do an Elvis impersonation. People weren't interested in it, right? You know, he wasn't the best. Not that, uh, yeah. Well, you know, there was Elvis there. Why, you know, like he wasn't, he was okay. No doubt about it. He was quite a good Elvis personator, but it wasn't like it blew anyone away with his Elvis personation. So he had to come up with a solution to this. And he came up with a brilliant uh, tactic. And the tactic was a new character that he created called the foreign man. Now the foreign man, uh, was a, a guy with a, a high, squeaky voice who came from a fictitious foreign country in the Caspian Sea, apparently. Um, and he convinced the comedy club owners in New York for him to go and do this act on stage in the comedy clubs. And what he would do is he would stand, first of all, he would stand on stage not doing anything. He had a little record player next to him. And um, oh, he'd, stand, he'd, he'd, he'd look uncomfortable, though, wouldn't he? Oh, he'd yes, he looked uncomfortable. uncomfortable. He was like, what? and everyone was wondering, what is he doing there? Why isn't he saying anything? And he's just standing there and he, usually in a white outfit or something like that. And and eventually he turns on the record player and it's the theme song for a cartoon show called Mighty Mouse, right? Very popular in the 50s and 60s, I think. And he would stand perfectly still as this song is jaunty, you know, theme song would be playing. And then he would lip sync the one line in it, in the chorus, which was, here I come to save the day. And then he wouldn't do, and he would just go silent again and, and, and dead still. And, and, and it was like, people love that, that little element. But what he would do to, um, he took that character and he blended it in with his Elvis impersonation, right? So what he would do is he would he would he would stand up as as uh, the foreign man, and he would say something like, you know, um, you know, hello, I I would like to do an impersonation of President Jimmy Carter. Uh, would anyone like to see my Jimmy Carter impersonation? 
and you know there would be silence more than that, more than not. And he'd go, "Hello, I'm President Jimmy Carter." You know, like so he'd, he would just do these non-impersonations. So he would do a couple of those, you know, throw in different uh, people. I of, can imagine that would get funny after he did a couple. Of oh them. yeah, a couple of times people started to get the funny of it. But and then they're, yeah, they're going. Oh. But it's funny, funny, weird, right? And then, yeah. then he would say, "Oh, you know, I'd like to do my impersonation of Elvis," and he would turn around. And you know, sort of whip off his you know sides of his trousers so you could see the sparkles down the side, and he would um, slick back his hair, put up his collar, take off his white jacket underneath. Of course, is a great sparkly black you know number, and you turn around and he would absolutely do an outstanding Elvis impersonation, and the crowd would just go nuts. Right, because they had all this anticipation of something for so long, and all of a sudden he nails this impersonation. And it's not like he ever did a really great Elvis impersonation, but it was the contrast, right? All of a sudden he would have something different, and all of a sudden his Elvis impersonation that he didn't couldn't get it to be used anywhere was now central to something that really took him to stardom, that particular act. Um, he ended up doing it on Saturday Night Live. You know, it was like it became a, a cult thing back in the 70s, you know, on, you know, 70s, in, you know, 1977, he's there on the big, you know, Tonight Shows, for example, you know, doing doing that act. Um, and I heard someone, um, one of his uh, friends of the day talking about, on a podcast, talking about how he purposely did that to create the contrast um, so that his Elvis act could be incorporated into what he did in his as a performance artist. Yeah, I thought it was nice. So he became like it was just a non-standard Elvis. It was That's... before it was just a standard Elvis impersonation. Then it was an exceptional Elvis impersonation because it was stood out so starkly from foreign man character. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh that's a little story about Andy Kaufman. God, there'd be a lot of stories you could tell about Andy Kaufman, but um uh, he was certainly a quirky character. Unfortunately, he died really young. He was in his 30s. Yeah, 34 years old. Is that right? 34. Yeah. 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 So uh, apparently yeah. because he was so quirky, people thought, you know, like for years, they thought that he'd just totally faked his death so that he could, you know, go and live a quiet life somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, okay, Mark, what do you reckon? What, um, what do you like in the story? Uh, what stood out for you? Um, yeah, what grabbed you? Oh well, the contrast, uh, but but just the image of foreign man standing there with his white. And I, I had a picture of foreign man with a cravat on. Oh right, um, okay, yep. Mm-hmm. And so you know that was my mental picture. So yep. uh, foreign man and just looking meek and uncomfortable. Yes, yes, right, exactly. And then of course the contrast with Elvis, who is anything but meek and uncomfortable. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Especially if you saw the, the new film about Elvis, you know, um, that was a, an amazing depiction of the guy, you know, and just how charismatic he was and, and whatnot. So, yeah, quite a big contrast there. I mean, what I like about telling that story is you get to do a little of the, of the Kaufman act, right? 
So you become I a little you bit. you did the Jimmy Carter impersonation very well. <laughs> uh, I, I think know, yeah, you found a calling, mate. I think uh, there's a lot of danger in doing the foreign man character, I'd say, in this day and age. But, oh, yeah. you know, you have to put it in context in this case. But, you know, this was um, his device. It was his device that he was uh, coming up for. Um, but it was it was nice. It was nice to, you know, do a little bit of Andy Kaufman Um and I think the other thing I, I realized that telling this story is that I had to give a little backstory as to who this guy was, because most people would not know Andy Kaufman. And so I threw in the Sasha Baron Cohen yeah. reference to try to bring it, bring something from today that was kind of similar to what he did back in the day. Right. Yeah. And maybe yeah, I should so have mentioned much more relatable. Yeah. Because most people will be familiar with Sasha Baron Cohen and it I, makes the Kaufman character more relatable. Yeah. And I probably should have mentioned Borat. Right. Oh, right. Yes, right. Yes. Because not many people probably know Sasha Baron you know, Cohen, right? It's a, he heart, but you do know Borat, you know, his character name, mm. uh, or one of his character names. Um, so that was, that was, I was making a, a decision there in terms of that story, just to give that little, almost a little thumbnail. I mentioned the, the TV show Taxi. Don't know how many people would know yeah, that. It's probably a, that's a bridge a, that's too a far. big call. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to set the fact that he was active in the seventies and eighties. You know, so that was his. By the way, listeners, if you want to watch a, uh, a sort of like a docudrama of Andy Kaufman uh, starring uh, Jim Carrey as Kaufman. Um, the movie is called Man on the Moon. Very worthwhile um, to watch and very worthwhile sort of uh, yeah, sort of experience to watch oh, that. Oh, I shall add that to my movie list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really good one. The, the other thing that this reminded me of, Mark, is uh, I think it was a few episodes back, we talked about uh, the King Kong uh, scene where the spider scene was cut from King Kong because the spider scene didn't make King Kong look as scary. And yeah, I think the this spiders is this, were scarier than King the, Kong. The, that's right. The spiders were scarier than King Kong. So we've got to cut the spider scene. Uh, in this way, it's almost like we had to add the um, the foreign man character to create the contrast, right? You know, there's a lesson in here. Like if you were going to give a presentation and you had this big point you wanted to make, you know, the massive, most important point. You don't want to put that next to a an even better point or a equally or, or as even good your point. Second best point. Yeah, yeah, that's right, exactly. Because yeah. you're just going to water everything down. So I think there's a lesson mm. lesson there, just to keep that contrast. Well, high. we've seen it. We've seen it thousands of times working with with organisations and their you know their strategy stories, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, like you know the. Uh, we're going to become an employer of choice and you know, we're going to provide great customer experience. And unless you contrast that with bad, a bad experience, you know, or, or a lesson about how you're not measuring up, right? You don't create that contrast. And it's just a it's just a bunch of words. But if you can create contrast, yeah. You know, in the past, you know, it was we focused on us, not the customer. And now we're focusing on the customer, not on us. So you mm. create the contrast. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's that's a key point. Anything in the telling of that story that you would do differently or, or yeah, suggestions on how to make that a better story? Is anything jumped to mind for you, Mark? No, I thought that was pretty well told, actually, Sean. I'm going to, well. uh, I'm going to give you a, a bit of a... Uh, Tick of approval. Pat on the... 
Yeah, I was going to say pat on the back, but yeah, that's a bit condescending, isn't it? You know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, positive vibes in your direction. Oh, good, thank you, man. Um, So, another another that remind you'll often, well, you'll often, you and I are often in a situation where we get introduced, right? And it really drives me crazy when people. Talk, you know, they they talk it up. Oh, you know, Mark, oh, she's fantastic, and you'll have a great experience in this workshop. It'd be wonderful, and, and you know, like, just, you know, and I'm like, oh, you've just like you've just sealed my fate, <laughs> and not I've, in a good I've way, a little, and not in a good way. I've got a little equation that I that I that I use in my mind. Yeah, experience minus expectation equals satisfaction. So. If they experience, you know, a hundred out of a hundred, but the introduction led them to have an expectation of one hundred and ten, then the score is a hundred minus one hundred. Their net satisfaction is minus ten, right? You much better. There's another simpler way of saying it: under promise and over deliver. So you would prefer an introduction which sort of goes along the lines of. No, so today, I don't know where you're going with this. Well, you know, we got, we got Mark here. He's not that good. He's a bit of a <laughs> shitty storyteller. Um, in fact, you're probably going to have a miserable time. But please stick around. Stick around. Over yeah, to you, Mark. Actually, I, I know it's going to be that. crap. I, I would prefer that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I think you... I well, think not, Jerry, not, not the crap so much. I don't think no, that's necessary. That's not necessary. That's, just, that's too far. Just have, just have moderate expectations. Yes, right. yes. Exactly. I um, think that's that's the appropriate level. Yep. Yeah. And I, and and yes, you're right. I know Jerry Seinfeld is on the same page with you on that. He he doesn't like to be introduced as the great comedian. It's mm-hmm. Exactly the same yeah. reasons. Yeah. Yeah, because he knows that the audience will be the judge of that, not the person doing the intro. Indeed. Hey, so what are we going to use this story for? Right. So we're. You know, I mean, for me, it's the it's like if you want to get a message across, you want to make it interesting, right? And you know, if if it makes it interesting, that's what makes it stick. Well, then you need contrast, and you know that that's that's one yeah. of the main messages I think I would use this for. Yeah. So, how do you make your message stand out? Yeah. Yeah. How do you be? How do you be heard? How do you have impact? Yeah. And it's important that it not be the same as everyone, you know, the same, same, same. Yep. You know, yep. Oh, there's an Elvis impersonator and there's an Elvis impersonator and there's an Elvis. Oh, and here's another one. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's no way to be heard. No, no. That's actually a really good way of putting it. Um, yeah, I think that's the main main idea behind this story, right? I don't think there's too much more using it. I mean, I think this is a story too that because of the pop culture kind of references, you know, it's got a bit of entertainment element to it mm-hmm. it's just a fun story to hear um maybe they all should be a fun story here in some ways um but yeah i suppose from a business point the main one is yeah contrast is good um right one of the other any, any other business that- yeah, go. Uh, other business points. I don't, I don't, one of the things that I liked about it, I'm going to go back to what I liked about it, is yep. that having seen the clip of Andy Kaufman doing that, I just reconnected with the the fun of that moment, right? So if anybody had seen that moment, that, yes. that clip, 
then the telling of the story uh, transports you back to it, right? It just reconnects you with that, with the, the the experience of the story. Yes, actually, here's the thing that I think is gives you a bit of insight onto how to tell a better story too. If there is any source material, especially any video of, of things happening, what it does is it gives you lots of visual references. One of the things I didn't mention in my first telling of that before I recorded it with Mark, with you guys, is I didn't mention the record player, right? No, you didn't. But in the retelling of it, I mentioned the record player because, you know, we had a look at Kaufman doing his his act, right? And and so it just gives you all these little visual references that you can just sprinkle into the story and, again, just helps it to... To come to life. So if you can go and look at photos, if you can go and look at video clips, if you can hear someone, you know, on a podcast and get their voice, you know, and like actually hearing him do foreign man, even though I don't do a great impersonation of that, I sort of get a sense of it. Right. And that's enough to be able to retell the story. Um, so there's another, that just tr- triggers another business point, another potential mm-hmm. business point. And that is um, to, uh, Contrast, yes, definitely helps your message stand out. But another one is, if your message is similar as you know as past messages or similar to other messages, then you need might need to come up with some innovative way of helping your message stand out. Yeah. And so Kaufman found Foreign Man as a way of making his 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 standard thing, the Elvis impersonation. Stand out. Uh, stand out. Now, I know, I understand this is like a nuance, but um, there are other ways of making messages stand out other than contrast. And I realise that as I speak those words that the listeners are beginning to go, oh, give me an example, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and none's coming to mind. Okay, well. And none's coming to mind. I'll, I'll, never well, mind. Well, uh, finding a uh, uh, an example from, you know, like from recent history where you could go, you know, here's the thing that happened and then perhaps attach your message to that. Um, yeah. Exactly. As a way of uh, getting some, uh, getting some insight or getting that message to be I don't know, a little bit more pronounced, a little bit different from uh, the way it's been done in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I guess finding new ways to get your message out, to get your message uh, listened to and heard. Yeah. It's just got to be different in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good. Okay. Well, let's let's give this baby a score out of ten. Hang on, Mark. What do you think? Oh, man, I I so want to give that a nine, but I'm going to give it a seven. I love it. I love it. I love it. But you know, I, I you know, I always come back to utility, um, and I totally you know, I'm going to refer people to that clip. I will probably tell that in social circumstances, but in a business application. Um, I'm not sure I'd use that that often. Yeah. Solid yeah. seven. I mean, I, I would probably use it in teaching storytelling, right? Um, and I would use it. Um, so definitely I would tell it in social circumstances. It's kind of a funny little story. Um, so, but well, I would give it an hour. saying that. Yeah. Before you give your score. Yeah. As we're, we're in the process of, of, of building the Story Powered Leadership Program. 
Yeah. And one of the things that's important to understand is the power of contrast. And so that is a terrific example that could be ah. used to illustrate the power of contrast. So, yeah. Hey, it's just gone up so a you've notch. You're talking me into it, mate. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna what's give, your score? I'm going to give it an eight and a half. It's a, it's a good story. Whoa. I love, I, I enjoyed telling it and uh, yeah. I, I'm glad I found it. Um, and it was, um, and it's definitely in there with a, with a strong score. Fantastic. Well, everyone, thanks for listening to Anecdotally Speaking. And uh, yeah, tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.